0: We're glad to be sharing the Ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Welcome everybody to Redemption Church. How are you doing today? Yay! Glad to be in the house of the Lord. Excellent. Welcome to Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. My name is Chris Fluitt and I'm happy to welcome everyone in person and everyone online, both of you wherever you are in the room or somewhere on the internet. It means so much that you're with us and I And I want to share something with you that blesses you. It is the month of November already. Is anybody a little alarmed by that? It's like, what? What? November? Wow. I can't help but think about a holiday that comes at the end of the month where there's going to be lots of food. Who is already thinking about such a holiday? Anybody? Am I the only one? What's your favorite? Real quick, Redemption Church, what's your favorite food on that holiday called Thanksgiving. Stuffing. Did someone say pie? Pumpkin pie. Praise the Lord, church. Green bean casserole. Oh, I I even love love green bean casserole on it. Yeah. What else? Yeah. How about it comes straight from a can and they go, and it's just jiggling there. I'm telling you, straight from the can, right from the canned cranberry sauce is a gift from the Lord. All right, oh my goodness! Now, who plans on going back for a second helping when it comes to that holiday meal? Oh, I see a lot of proud hands going up. Me too. I want to tell you that that's when things get real on Thanksgiving, right? You 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 take that first flyby and you kind of touch everything, right? You get it, and then on that second one, it's like what I want. <laughs> it gets real, real serious when you head. Back for a second helping. There is a surprising truth in scripture. And we're going to be talking about it all November. And here it is just a few words. God favors the second. That's something as you read through the Bible that's a theme that that shows up over and over and over again. We won't go in depth in it tonight, but I want you to say that sentence with me. God favors the second. Who's a second child? Anybody a second child? Say, yep, I knew that already. No. That's right. All right. Here's a quick overview of the next three weeks. All right. Next week, we're going to be talking uh, about a second chance. Yeah. That who, who's excited about a God who gives us a second yeah. chance? Yeah. And then the, the third week, there, a God who gives you a second option. That you aren't locked in to the way things have always been. That God has a second option for you. And then the last week, God gives us a second help. Sometimes we need a little more help than what we're able to do. And there is an opportunity to receive a second help. There is also the calling to be a second help to others. I want you to be here. Make, make your plans, okay? Try your best to be here every service this month and bring somebody with you. Is that a, can you do that? Try to pray that someone would come with you. You know, you know people that need a second chance and a separate, second opportunity and they need a second help. And most of us are those people. So let's make sure that we're here, all right? Someone say one more time, God favors the second... Today, we are talking about seeking first the second kingdom. Seek first the second kingdom. Now listen, here's the truth. No one strives to be second. Is that right? Nobody is trying to be second place. We all want to be number one. Is there a team in this Metroplex that's number one right now? It's not the Cowboys. Let's see it. There's video footage. I want to see that. Yeah, let's hear it for this team. They are number one. They are the first team in Rangers history to win the championship. There are 30 Major League Baseball teams. And they start the year, none of them are trying to be number two. They are all trying to be number one. And we've waited a long time for this team to be number one. And here they are. We're so thankful about it. Listen, as as a group of people, we celebrate the best. That's what we do. We remember who comes in first. This is what we do as humans. It's not just in America, all over the world. Everybody... Is focused on number one. As Americans, we feel like we are number one. As Texans, we know we're number one. Yeah, Texas. A crowd can easily be enticed anywhere. Somebody just starts, "We're number one." We're number one, and people just go bananas. All right, even even I don't even know what we're celebrating. But it's true, we're number one. We're number one. I want to talk to you about the first kingdom. It's found in Genesis chapter 10, the first kingdom. This is perhaps the motivation behind the first kingdom mentioned in Scripture. They wanted to be number one. The first place in your Bible that mentions the word kingdom is found in Genesis chapter 10, verse 10. Try to think a little bit. What do you think that is? It is the kingdom of a man named Nimrod. Everybody said Nimrod. 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 Here's what we know about Nimrod. Not a lot from your Bible. He is the great grandson of Noah. You have Noah. You have Ham. You have Cush. You have Nimrod. Nimrod is, it means, mighty hunter. And he's called a mighty one in the Bible. And Nimrod was number one on earth. He was number one. Everyone on earth at that moment that we can see from scripture knew about Nimrod. And so Nimrod is the first king of the first kingdom. And and what is this kingdom known for? Anybody know what Nimrod's kingdom is known for? Anybody? They built something. A tower called Babel. So this this kingdom is known for building a monument to itself. The Tower of Babel was the number one building in the entire world. Nothing strove to be taller. None was supposed to be greater. There is there is thought outside of the Bible. The Bible they don't exactly tell us what that tower was for, but it seemed to almost be a tower for worship. The worship of our own power. The worship of our own authority. The worship of our own kingdom. And the worship of our own king. This is the first kingdom. And every kingdom since has been just like it. Every king and every kingdom attempts to be number one. Kingdoms will go to war in order to be number one. Kingdoms strive to be number one in money. In skill and land. And they will kill for it. And who are the kings of these kingdoms of the world that we talk about? We're talking kingdoms now. We're not looking back to Genesis 10. I'm talking about here. And now, who are the kings of these kingdoms? Are the poor usually crowned king? No, No, never. Not on your life. Somebody say, not on your life. Are the poor usually elected president, governor, or even mayor? Not even dog catcher. Every king is wealthy. Say yeah if you agree. Every one of those kings. And that's how kingdoms work. It's how they have always worked. The source of wealth of the kingdom is the people. That's still true, right? Your taxes go straight to the kingdom, and then the kingdom builds a monument for itself. Aren't you? I mean, we're really proud of those monuments, but those monuments aren't for you. Right? Gosh, I love George Washington as much as the next guy. But I think we've built enough monuments for dead presidents, maybe. Unpopular opinion, I know. But this is life in the first kingdom. It's life in the first kingdom. No kingdom on earth has ever had a better idea than the idea Nimrod had in Genesis chapter 10. We're just copy and paste. We killed the, ne- the last king, so we'll be king, and now we're number one, and you better enjoy it while you can because you're dead next, buddy. And sometimes there's, there's kingdoms in our world that there is such turnover. It's like you don't even bother To learn some of the names of these nations. Because they might not be a nation next year. It happens. That is the struggle in Africa. Ongoing. But wait. There's more. Because we operate as kings ourselves. We operate as kings. Of our own small dominions. What is a kingdom? But a king's domain. And you are. Operate over your own life. You govern yourself. Really sad. I finally found the person that I, I can blame all my problems on. I was brushing my teeth and I looked up in the mirror and there he was. Most of my issues are the guy who's governing it, right? Gosh. You govern your money, you govern your skill. You govern your land just like the governments do. Our small personal kingdoms are also modeled after that first king and kingdom. We're no better. We, point to yourself. Yeah, I'm talking about you and me. We are no better than Nimrod. We are no better than all the kings and kingdoms of this world that are patterned after that Genesis 10 pattern. We seek to be number one. And sometimes we even tear others down so we can feel better about ourselves. There are people we even lie sometimes so that we can be number one. We even cheat sometimes so we can be number one. We, we drive by people and go, too bad for them. I'm going to take opportunity here so that we can be number one. We seek the best. We want a better house. Than our neighbors. We want better cars. Jobs. We want a better physical appearance. Because we want to be number one. We build monuments. To ourselves. Oh yeah we do. We are king of our own small kingdom. We do what we want. Congrats king. But what happens to the king of the first kingdom? What happens to him? In the end. Nimrod dies like everyone else. Every king has even there are kings that have set themselves up to be God, they're buried next to each other. They're all dead. None of them are God. (laughs) And Nimrod dies, and what happens to his kingdom? It falls apart. What happens to his tower? It's never even finished. His monument lays in rubble. That is the pattern. Of kings and kingdoms. According to that pattern of Genesis chapter 10. Are you with me so far church? Under the first kingdom model. Every king dies. Every kingdom falls. And every monument decays. Yet. We're lined right up. Because we're going to do it differently. We're going to be better than those other guys. They just didn't know what they were doing. We're a little smarter. We read a book. And we got a little more knowledge in us. And we look better than those people, quite frankly. Right? These are the thoughts that are going on. Maybe, maybe we've had enough of that first kingdom pattern. Maybe we've had enough of the, of the quest to be number one. In this first kingdom, you will work yourself to death for money. That money that in real time becomes less valuable. Before you can get to the bank to cash the check, inflation is already hit. Somebody said amen. amen. You will make all your decisions, buy your own things, and yet still unsatisfied in this kingdom. You will reach the end of your life. You will regret your own kingdom. If only there was a second kingdom. Somebody say a second kingdom. A second kingdom. Oh, God favors the second When we say the word gospel. Raise your hand if you've heard the word gospel before. When we say the word gospel, usually we think of the death. Say it with me. The burial. The resurrection. And even the return of Jesus Christ. That's usually what we think of when we hear the word gospel. However, Jesus came with a gospel. And it is the good news. That's what gospel means. It is good news. But it's good news of a second kingdom. He preached this message constantly. Matthew chapter 4 verse 23. Jesus went through Galilee. Teaching in their synagogues. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And healing every disease and sickness. Among the people. He taught parables, right? They were lessons in storybook form that were symbolic, right? His, par- his parables often carried this phrase. The kingdom of God is like. And he had lots of versions of that. The kingdom of God's kind of like somebody lost a pearl. The kingdom of God is like a son. Disappeared. Uh, ki- the kingdom of God. He is like is like a, a shepherd who lost one of his sheep. Yes. He talks about the kingdom of God. He spoke of the kingdom of heaven. Yes. And the Sermon on the Mount was 100% about the kingdom of God. Kingdom, in fact, is mentioned at least nine times in the Sermon on the Mount. You can read that in Matthew chapter 5. Seven and over and over and over again, he talks about the kingdom. When he prays, he prays about the kingdom. He starts with the kingdom. He in the middle, he hits you with the kingdom, and in the very end, he hits you with the kingdom. The gospel is also the good news of a second kingdom. There is a second kingdom, and it is better than the first. It is the only kingdom where you are welcomed by the king himself. Marshall, do you remember you said that once? I love that quote. Marshall, that's about 10 years ago this December. Do you realize that? Is that well? We're, we're so old, but I love that, that saying. Think about that sentence one more time. It is the only kingdom where you are welcomed by the king himself. You can enter the first kingdoms of this world and be greeted by paperwork Protesters or barbed wire. You're born into the first kingdom and they're like, yeah, we're going to need some paperwork on this. That's what the government is like. Congratulations. Here's your bill. A mayor, a governor, a congressman, a president, they are never present to welcome someone into these kingdoms. First kingdom, you're never we could. We, we get. I I don't. Has anyone really met a, a senator? Has anyone really met the president of the United States or a governor? Maybe you've been in the room with them. That's asking a lot. I don't know if I've ever even been in the room with them. I'm in their kingdom, but I don't know them. No one comes, however, into the second kingdom, the kingdom of God, without being greeted by the king himself i want you to know that it is a kingdom where the king has left his throne and he went to the furthest boundary and he has opened wide the door for you to enter and he says welcome to the kingdom welcome to the kingdom is that some good news you see that that's good news Real quick, just so you know, that is what the death and the burial and the resurrection and the coming of the Lord is all about. It is about entry into that kingdom. And it is the king himself who has opened the door for every one of us to enter. There is no other kingdom like this second kingdom. There's not another one like it. No one needs to beg in this kingdom. All are welcome at the king's table in this kingdom. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed out begging bread in His kingdom. In His kingdom, there is blessing. In this kingdom, there is the fullness of joy. In His kingdom, there is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. His kingdom is better than all the first kingdoms of this world. Oh, we're blessed to be a part of your kingdom, Lord. In the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said these words, you should recognize them, Matthew 6, 33, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Let's talk about the word first. It says seek first the kingdom. That is the Greek word proton. And it is first in rank. It means before anything Else is done. Can you say that before anything else is done? It's the most important thing. It's the first thing you do. Nothing else is done until proton is done. Seek proton. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There are other kingdoms in this world, but we are to seek first. His kingdom. Before th- anything else is done. We are supposed to seek first. The second kingdom. Yeah. We are born into the first kingdom. Our nation. Our culture. Our religion. But we have to choose to seek out. Jesus. The second kingdom. Nobody is born into the second kingdom. They choose. To become a part. Of that kingdom. Children. We're so glad that you're raised in a Christian home. But you got to do more than be born into a Christian home. You've got to find this king and walk through his door and join his kingdom. It's a choice you have to make. We we must also not seek the first kingdom as an add-on to our collection of kingdoms. His kingdom must be first. You know what that's like, right? Right? Oh, I'm Christian, but I'm also fill-in-the-bank politics. I'm Christian, but I'm also really heavily into this. And this is actually... And it's just like, you know, what what is actually first? And there's there might not be a first here. It all might be equal. God's kingdom doesn't play like that. You have to seek proton first before anything else. The kingdom of... God, his kingdom must be first. Somebody say, First. We must not be Americans first and Christ followers second. We must be Christ followers first. Listen, I love you. I don't want to make anybody mad, but you listen to me. Jesus over nationalism, Jesus over politics, Jesus over economics, Jesus over religion, Jesus over family and friends. Jesus over everything. Everything, Lord Jesus. Proton before everything else. Before everything else. God favors the second. We must seek the second kingdom first. Who wants to seek the Second kingdom first today. There's favor in the second kingdom. But what does that look like in practical terms? Let's talk about it. It looks like a change of priority. A change of life. A change of thought. A change of walk. A change of talk. It should change everything in our life. To seek first something else. John the Baptist said it like this. John chapter 3 verse 30. He said, He, Jesus, must become greater. I must become less. There can only be one first. For you to seek first the kingdom of God, the other kingdoms must become less. So that the kingdom of Jesus Christ can, be- can become first. Does this make sense? Listen, what I want us to do today is to allow Jesus to become greater. All right. Can we allow Him to become greater? In order for Him to become greater, some things will have to become lesser. Yeah. Yeah. When we come talk to God, I want us to already decide, God, I want to make your kingdom greater in my life. Yeah. I want your kingdom to be greater in my household. Yeah. I want your kingdom to be greater in my thoughts. I want your kingdom to be greater in my neighborhood. I even want your kingdom to be greater than the church. You listen here. Church and kingdom can't, is not necessarily the same thing. Not necessarily the same thing. Oh, religion and kingdom, not necessarily the same thing. We got to seek first the kingdom. I have three points, and then I want us to come talk to God today. Are you, are you in for it today? Are you with me? Three points. Here they are. Here are three areas to seek first the kingdom of God. They are time, talent, treasure. Can you say that? Time, talent, treasure. I'm going to start with time. Time is limited, right? Gosh, is it ever, Right. We are told in scripture that life is but a vapor or a mist. That it's here for a moment and then it vanishes. John uh, 4.14 tells us that. Jesus says no amount of worry or concern can add a single hour to your life. That's Matthew 6.27. That's in the Sermon of the Mount. So you can't worry yourself more time. And Life is just a vapor. It's gone. And you felt that. Your days Your weeks, your months, your years, they just seem to fly by so quickly. Because time is so limited. It is incredibly valuable. You can take your time and do amazing things with it. You can serve others. You can take your time to study God's Word or another subject. Go study, go learn. You can sow and invest in others. You can share your relationship with God, with others. You can witness to them. And you can see in just a a short amount of time, you can see someone's life change. When I look back at at how I have spent my life, the moments I'm most proud of are the moments I was there for my family and the moment I was there for someone else and I shared Jesus with them. Oh, I love moments I... I think of these moments, sometimes I just say, thank you God, I was a part of that moment. There was a friend, his name was John, and he was in a car with me, and he was an atheist. But one day, we're just driving in in Waco, Texas, and John says, you know, I don't mean to be weird, but you know, when we're worshiping God at your church, I feel like God could be real. And I feel like He could love me. You think I would trade that moment for anything? Oh, there's so much more. There's life always pulling me in different directions. But I'm so glad at that time I was there to lead John. To know the Lord. Yes, He's real, John. And yes, He loves you. And it's not the music that's making you feel good. It's that God wants to be a part of your life. Do you want Him to be a part of your life? Oh, I look for more situations like that. I am praying that this church would be filled with people like John. That's a good use of time right there. Let me tell you, by being here tonight or watching, listening... Online, you are taking your time and you're seeking first the kingdom of God. That is awesome. We have our first Tuesday this week. I hope you take time to come seek the Lord, worship the Lord, pray over things and see God move. We have a dream team here at Redemption Church who serve by taking an hour or two of their precious weekend time you know you got time on monday but then you got time on your weekend somebody tell me there's a big difference i'm telling you we have dream team workers here who take an hour or two of their weekend time to serve you can we hear it for our dream team could you could you serve the kingdom of god with your time like that it is so easy to take time for the kingdom of Netflix for the well take time for the kingdom of social media or video games on and on it goes take time for yourself I just need to take a little time for myself And listen, there's time to take time for yourself. And I'm not against a little entertainment here and there. I'm not against video games. But I'm telling you, it is so easy to take time for other kingdoms. But you have to seek first the second kingdom. And it doesn't come easily. You have to actually choose no to Netflix. No. To the Dallas Cowboys. No to all the other things in this world. And yes to Jesus and His kingdom. Who wants to take some time? Oh, there's so much more we can say about time, but I believe I've said enough. Let's talk about talent. You can seek first the kingdom of God through your talent. We often feel untalented. Is anybody with me? You ever feel like, oh, I stink. I am literally the worst, right? Am I the only one? We often feel not talented enough. Like even if we have a little bit of talent, we always think about that one person that it's easy for them, right? We even call ourselves untalented. We, We will say that about ourselves. I want to tell you that that is not true at all. Every person in this place. None of you are untalented. None of you. Not one. Here's how I can say that. Because we have a skill set. That has been given to us. By God himself. Oh my gosh. For you to call yourself untalented. Is to call God not a very good creator. So let's knock that off. <laughs> While there may be some things. You're not great at. Right? Right? Yeah, cooking. Gosh. Organization. I mean, we could get a list. We've all got lists of things we're not great at. While there are some things we're not great at, there are some things that you're wired to achieve. And you're wired to excel at. And you're really good at it. You are talented in these areas. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us that's not by mistake. For we are God's handiwork. Oh uh, picture the hands of God on you creating you wiring you giving you skills and abilities created in Christ Jesus to do good works and you got to look at this part which God prepared in advance for us to do the next time you say that you're untalented you need to shut your mouth and you need to go look at Ephesians chapter 2 Verse 10, God's created things for you to do in advance. You're His handiwork. There are good works that God has prepared for you to do. He hasn't made a mistake. He thinks you're up to it. He says that it's working in you to do these good works. There are talents within you that can, that can do great works in the kingdom. Here's a phrase that we want to use all the more around here. Here is, you are a 10 at something. On a scale of 1 to 10, there is something in your life that you're pretty much, you're just way up there. You're a 10 at it. You're good at this thing. What is it that you excel at? You probably have found a way to use that gift on your job. Think about your job. What, what about your job have you been really good at? Are you a manager Oh, man, if you tell us you're a manager around here, look out. We're going to ask you to do some managerial things for us because we need that. That's an excel- excellent skill. How about teaching kids? Are you good at teaching kids? What a valuable thing you could do in the kingdom with that. How about computers and IT? We have one of the best tech teams I would look anywhere for. They're back there. Rob. I love you, man. Thank you for all that you're doing back there. Leading that team. You know what? You know what he does in his day job? A lot of computer stuff and managing. And what is he doing in the kingdom of God? Oh, awesome. How about building and craftsmanship? How about music? How about talking to people? And listen, you might go, Oh, that's not a big deal. Are you kidding? That's a huge deal. To have the skill to walk up to people and have a conversation. You know God can use that to put people at ease when they're walking into a church. Newsflash, walking into a church for the first time is one of the top scariest things you could ever do. We've been around the church so long, we forgot that. It's awkward walking in a church for the first time. They're like, oh, I hope they don't do anything really strange. And then Pastor it gets up on the stage and they're like, oh God, help me. They're worried I'm going to do something weird. And I normally do. So if you could, you know, talk to people, make them feel at ease, actually communicate things that every person walking in here ought to hear. We're so glad you're here. Where are you from? What's your story? What can we do for you? Do you have any questions about this church? Do you have any questions about Jesus? We are so glad you're here. If you're able to say that for us, I'm telling you, that's a skill. That God gave you to do good works in advance. How about organizing? Who's a big organization nerd? Anybody? Oh my goodness. I need you. (laughs) How about cooking? How about hosting parties? Oh, what a great skill. Take your amazing talent and seek first the kingdom of God with your talent. There's time. There's talent, and then there's treasure. You can seek first the kingdom with your treasure. What would it look like if we took our treasure and prioritized giving back to God? And what if we budgeted, budgeted a percentage of our paycheck, and before we did anything else with it, we gave to God first? You know, there's a term for that. There's a Bible word for that. It's called tithing. Tithing is in the Bible. It means taking the first. Everybody say the first. It means taking the first percentage of your increase and giving it back to God. Now truly, tithe means 10%. But usually we focus on what that percentage is and we've missed the first part. The real key to, to giving back is to take what's first. And making sure it doesn't go to anyone else but God. Yeah. Taking first and giving it to Him. And this is like a term that people go, What? What is that word? I'm scared. He said a word that I don't know. Calm down, Lucille. It's okay. It is basically budgeting your money to place God in His kingdom as the first priority. Wouldn't it feel maybe pretty good if Netflix wasn't your first priority when it came to your checkbook? Or your fashion? Or your cell phone? Mm. Time, talent, treasure? Now I'm not here to take up an offering. I'm not here to bully you to give more. In fact, y'all are so wonderful in your giving. You humble me. But I'm here to help you examine what kingdom is number one when it comes to your treasure. Yeah, and he's talking about money. I've avoided saying money. I'll just go and tell you, yeah, I'm talking about money. When it comes to your money, what is the number one kingdom? What if we seek first the kingdom with our treasure? And what if instead of giving God what is left over. If there is in fact anything left over. What if instead we first gave to God first. Now listen. That requires seeking first the kingdom. And it requires change. It requires saying no to some things. So you can say yes to God things. I would say it like this. Saying no to some good things. So you can say yes to God things. Jesus teaches Jesus teaches that treasure is an important subject. How important is it? Look at this verse. Matthew 6, 21. Sermon on the Mount. It's Sermon on the Mount Sunday here at Redemption. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your treasure and your heart occupy the same space. Is your treasure and heart in the kingdom of God? Where is it? What would it look like for you to seek first the kingdom of God? I'm gonna, those are our three points. We're going to land this plane. We're going to talk to the Lord. All right, I'm going to ask our musicians to come. But as they come, I want your attention. I want you to stay right here with me, okay? Worship team, please come. What would it look like for you to seek first the kingdom of God? Think about that. What if, what if you took tonight really serious and said, okay, God, I'm going to give you some time. I haven't been going to connect group. I'm going to. God, I, I haven't used my talent. Nobody even knows that I'm really good at. Fill in the blank. I'm going to use that for your kingdom. God, I'm going to take, take some things I've been holding back. I, I'm going to re-proportion my entire giving. And I'm going to take, take you from second place. I'm going to put you first place what would what would that look like that's what you got to answer today i can't answer it for you but i will ask you this what if it made you happier it can it can actually make you happier to do the right thing for the right person and if there was ever a right person it's jesus <laughs> oh How about if, what if it, what if you were more fulfilled and you found your purpose? You never found your purpose in the first kingdoms of this world. But what about if you found your purpose in the second kingdom? What if you were making a difference with the little time you had? We're not talking like a whole calendar's worth of time, like an hour. What if you took an hour a week and you did something with it and you saw God increase it and God change people? In it And you'd be a blessing to people. What if you were actually less stressed? What if you went through your calendar and said, less of this, greater kingdom in my life. What if you were less stressed through all this? How about this? What if you helped the lost get found? What if you had family members... Who a year from now were sitting next to you at church? What if you had neighbors? What if you had friends from school. Who were here with you. And you went to the altar with them a year from now. And you had a John moment. Where they said I don't know. I don't don't think I'm crazy. But I think God could be real. What if that's your moment a year from now? How good would that feel? Do you think you'd regret <laughs> anything for that moment using your talents. Using your talents, what about that one? There's no telling how exciting and powerful it would be for you to seek first the second kingdom of Jesus Christ. There's no telling how blessed you would be to seek first the second kingdom. Matthew 6:33 Here's the last verse. We read it, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then look at this part. And all these things will be added to you. When you place God's kingdom as a priority, everything else will be given to you. In the context of this verse, Jesus is talking about all the worries. He's talking about all the stress. He's talking about all the problems. He's talking about all the time crunches, all the money crunches, and all the, all the holes in our hearts that leave us unfulfilled. And he says, listen, if you sought first the kingdom, all that other stuff would be added to you. So listen. I don't know what all that looks like for you today. I want God to deal with you on that. And I want you to actually make a choice today. I want you to actually seek the kingdom. You can't. It's not seeking the kingdom by going amen once and walking outside. You actually have to do something. You actually have to seek it. And I dare you today to try it. I dare you to try. If you don't know how to do it. Come right up. Ask us. It's not embarrassing to ask. Well. I didn't really get that part. How do I do that? I said, I'll say, I'm so glad you came. And then I'll tell you, we'll pray right then. Are you in this kingdom? Is that you? Would you all stand all over this place? Are you actually in this wonderful, upside down, crazy good kingdom that came second? No one comes into this kingdom without meeting the king. Have you met him? Do you know Jesus? Have you actually professed your belief in Him? That's just an important step. You, you really shouldn't step over that. You should have a moment, at least, where you look somebody in the eye and say, I've never told anybody this, but I'm going to tell you right now, I actually believe in Jesus. If you've never had that moment, oh, tonight would be so wonderful if you would do that. I would love it for you to make that step tonight. So are you in the kingdom? And also this one church. Are you in the kingdom? Are you seeking first God's second kingdom? Are there other kings that you need to pull off the throne today and say. Enough of you. I don't like how you're ruling my life. (laughs) Get out of here. Do you need to pull yourself off the throne? (laughs) Enough of Chris Fluitt making choices. Jesus Will you please get on the throne of my heart and show me what I need to do. Oh, do you need to say what John the Baptist said? Jesus must become greater. I must become lesser. I'm going to pray right now. And I want you to come all over this place. And As you come, they're going to sing and I'm going to pray. But right now, these altars are open. Why don't you come, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person in this house. Lord, I pray that your kingdom would be on display in us. Lord God, take my time, take my talent, take my treasure. Lord, I pray for my friends watching and listening online. Friends, Jesus wants to have you in His kingdom. He wants you to be blessed in His kingdom. Will you seek first His kingdom? God, touch our hearts right now. Minister to us right now where we are listening to this moment. God, come be in our lives. Friend, go ahead and ask Him. Jesus, come be the King who sits on the throne of my heart. God, come redirect my time. God, come redirect my talent. God, come redirect my treasure. I want to be about Your kingdom. Lord, let every kingdom of this world become lesser, and let the kingdom of thy God, the second kingdom, let it become greater. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's reach out to the Lord. I want to pray with people. I want to see God work in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook. Twitter or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550.